the masters of inner light, the teachers that initiate on the path of sound and light, they are patient. They are ever standing present with the initiate, with one who is moving towards initiation, just patiently loving them, accepting them, assisting them in whatever way that that soul will allow the assistance to come present. Sometimes it's very direct, and sometimes it's more subtle. But there's always a movement of loving from the spiritual teacher and from those that are the lords of the different realms that are aligned with the flow of God's initiation, ever assisting the soul on its walk home. But the soul is the one who has to do the walk. It has to keep stepping forward. It has to keep moving and choosing forward into its experience. Oftentimes, a soul will get tired. A soul will get bored. A soul will stagnate in its journey because it doesn't want to take the next step. It doesn't want to take responsibility. It doesn't want to have to do more. Or it has lost sight of the direction it's supposed to be going and it will begin to wander off in other ways, other directions, until it finally realizes that the journey it is taking now is taking it away from the truth that it is longing for. And then it will begin to respond to that call, that light, that the spiritual teacher is sending forth to the soul to come home. That is often referred to as the Good Shepherd who wanders from his flock and goes off and collects the one soul, the one sheep who has wandered from the flock and brings it back so that they all journey together. The spiritual teacher is present with every single initiate and every single one who is seeking initiation on the inner levels and is ever walking with them in their journey. I know that because I have seen that for myself with my own spiritual teacher in this lifetime. I know it from other lifetimes in my spiritual journey and my walk with my spiritual teacher in those lifetimes. And I know it as I walk with those that are initiates and those that are moving towards initiation now with me and with Brian in this lifetime. I walk with them. I talk with them. I don't know that I'm always heard or seen by them, but I do know that I am with them every step of the way. I don't know anything and everything about every soul. All I do know is what I need to know. You are a divine spark of God, and God is calling you home. And you have now freed yourself enough of this creation to begin to truly pay attention and to wake up inside and to begin the inner journey to return home. That is one who is beginning to be drawn into initiation. You have been willing to take responsibility in this lifetime and in others enough to clear enough karma that you can begin to see that inner light, to hear the inner call, to know that there's something beyond this physical reality in this outer focus. And the spiritual teacher is with you in all of it. In the midst of the greatest darkness, the greatest depression, the greatest anger, the greatest fear, 
all the way up into and beyond soul, walking with you, rejoicing with you in every step, even in the midst of the greatest fear, the greatest depression, the spiritual teacher is right there with you, loving you, cheering you on. Next step, next step. No, no, don't stop. Keep stepping forward. Keep looking forward. Where are you going? Back on the path. Ever prodding you to keep moving towards God. And even in the midst of the darkest place in your existence, in this lifetime or others, the spiritual teacher is laughing with you, joyful with you, because the teacher knows that at this point in the greatest darkness is where you're going to begin to seek the greatest light. And so there's great joy in the midst of that. There's great rejoicing within the spiritual teacher's heart. And the one thing that the spiritual teacher is ever doing for the soul that it is walking with, it is ever offering that soul back up to God and offering every experience that the soul is going through up to God as a gift. It's all a gift, everything. Every experience we have here is a gift that is to be lifted back up to God and say, and this is yours, God. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. This is yours. And the more you lift it up to God, the more you give all and everything to God, the more God is able to give to you. Well, wait a minute. I'm going to lift my depression up to God. God's going to give me more depression? If that's what it's going to take to wake you up and to bring you further, then maybe so. Maybe God will bring to you an awareness of just the greatest depth of that depression to bring you even further along the path towards the light. But in truth, I know that every time you lift something up, whether it be your depression, your fear, your anger, your frustration, or your loving, your gratitude, your joy, your peace, every time you offer anything to God, God gives back to you because you have now started and are participating in the flow of loving. In the giving, so shall you receive. You may think you're giving junk to God. You're giving depression to God. You're giving doo-doo to God. But you're not. You are beginning to participate in the movement of loving. You are beginning to move your self and share yourself in a way that maybe you haven't before in this lifetime and in that movement loving begins to wake up inside of you and begins to transform you and change you and in that movement you have created a vulnerability within you to allow God's loving in and things begin to change the one thing that stops that flow from happening that stops us from offering these things up to God is unworthiness. So many of us, really all of us as soul, has this sense of unworthiness. I am unworthy. Mia culpa, mia culpa, mia culpa. I am unworthy of God's love. I am unworthy of God's gratitude. I am unworthy of God's grace. I am unworthy of God's forgiveness. What do I have to do to get it? 
That is what takes place in this world. That's the belief system that so many religions are built upon. That we have separated ourselves from God and that we live in that separation of unworthiness. And that we have to do these things, these rituals, these rites, pay this money or whatever it might be to be worthy of God's love once again. But I can tell you one thing. There's nothing you can do to gain God's love, to be worthy of God's love. There's nothing you can do because there's nothing you ever did to be unworthy of it. Everything that you have experienced, everything that you are doing, everything, everything, everything is leading you towards God, whether you believe it or know it or accept it or not. Don't let your mind, your emotions, your imagination, or anything in this world make you believe otherwise. Distract you from the truth of who you are as soul and loving. Know the truth that you are the divine living, loving essence of the Lord and there's nothing that divine loving essence of the Lord has to do but wake up and be it. Be the loving that you are. And the one thing I know that served me so well to come into the living of that and the knowing of that is by giving everything up to God. Even that sense of unworthiness. That's how I started as a child because I believed some of what I heard when I started going to all these different churches of about sin and separation, original sin, wrongness, unworthiness. And the more I listened and the more I took it into myself, the darker my life got, the more depressed I got the more lonely I got, the more longing I, I had, the more wanting of loving I had. And then one day, it just struck me. I've been believing a lie. I have been believing a lie. And all I have to do is start knowing the truth once again. I knew the truth as a young child. I knew it when I looked around and I saw the face of God in every one. I knew it when I looked at the trees and I saw the spark of life that is God in the trees. And when I saw that and I saw the light bow to me as I bowed to it, I knew God present in everything. And all I had to do was to live that once again, to allow myself to just let go of all those belief systems that have been put upon me and just start living the loving living the loving, not becoming worthy of it, not finding it, just living it. We all are loving. We know how to do loving if we will just allow ourselves to move into the doing of it. It will come alive in us. And the greatest way I know to begin to live the doing of loving is to give it all up to God. Give your unworthiness up to God. Give your crap up to God. Give everything up to God. And as you give it all up to God, you are now moving that essence of loving. You are now going to wake up into that loving and live into that loving and be that loving once again. 
And the way that happens is because God only gives loving back. Only gives loving back. So as you give up whatever that is that is seemingly causing separation between you and God, God gives loving. Now it may stir your unworthiness, so you give up your unworthiness and more loving comes in. Eventually you're going to believe you're worthy of the loving because it just keeps coming. What did I do to deserve this? Nothing. Except be the loving being, soul that you are. There was nothing you had to do to earn it. All you had to do was begin to move the loving that you are into action. That's the key. It's ever being in action. Be in the doing. And you will find that which you are longing, wanting, needing in your life. It's ever step forward. The next step, the next step, the next step. The next step may be very physical. Put the next foot forward and keep moving on that walkway that you're on. Or it may be in the imaginational level. The next step forward may be stop daydreaming. Stop fantasizing. Stop living in the world of fantasy and start taking charge of your life. Start being responsible for your creations at the imaginational creative level. And let them serve you rather than mislead you. Let them guide you towards God rather than distract you from God. And in the emotional level, the next step forward is to be responsible to your emotional nature and be responsible with your emotional expression. And the way you do that is you love all of it. You love all your emotions. Love the tears, love the fears, love the anger, love the hostility. Love it all until they all are transformed into loving because that's what they are. They are all expressions of loving that has just been misdefined in your consciousness somewhere along your pathway of life. You've misdefined it, whether in this lifetime or another. It's a lot easier when you pick up an emotion that you have created in this lifetime, an action of loving that you've misdefined, and now that misexpression is taking place in your life, and you can look at it and go, oh, that's right. That was my anger and my frustration with my sister. I know where that came from. Oh, I'll just forgive her. I'll just love her. And that energy is transformed. And now that energy that has been locked up and stored up as a misunderstood expression can now be expressed properly as loving. But it's more challenging when it comes from another lifetime where all of a sudden you're looking at something and you're going, what is this? Why do I keep living this? Why do I keep feeling this? Why do I keep believing this? Oftentimes, we are confronted with things that we just do not understand in our lives. Imaginationally, emotionally, mentally, even physically. They are actions of loving that we have misdefined. We have brought into misexpression. And because we did not handle them in the other lifetimes, they come forward into this one ever looking to be completed, ever looking to be released. What is the law here? For every action, there's a reaction. 
And that calls for us to take action once again to bring it to neutrality. That's the key. So whatever is in your consciousness that is a misdefined expression of loving and you cannot understand it, you do not know the source of it, you do not know what to do with it, I do. Offer it to God. Offer it to God in loving. Say, God, I love you so much, I'm just going to give this to you because I don't know what to do with it. I don't understand it. But I know it stands between me and you and I don't want that. So I'm just offering it to you in loving. And I know that the loving will transform it, will bring it back into that action that will allow me and you to be closer into the action of loving where we live together as one. And automatically the loving is going to come in and begin to assist you in how to handle that energy differently. And if the grace comes in and just dissolves it, let it be so. And if awareness comes in and says, oh, try this, do this, handle it this way instead, do those things. And if nothing of that happens, but the energy repeats itself again as a mist-expressed action of loving, just offer it back up to God. Say, oh, Lord, giving this back to you again, it seemed to come back again. So here it is again. And believe me, it'd be great if you could just offer something to God and it's done. I mean, God takes it and says, oh, thank you, and you never see it again. But there's something very wonderful in all of this. Everything that we think of as a problem, as a pain, as an anger, as a frustration, as a misdefined expression of loving is truly an action of learning an action of experience whereby the soul comes into the greater knowing of itself as divine, as a loving being, as God. So all of these things, even as you offer it up to God, don't say, in God, please don't put it back in my face. Please, I don't want to have to look at this again. Just offer it to God and then let God do what God's going to do with it. And you just keep stepping forward. And if it comes back in your face, then you handle it however that time represents itself to be handled. If it comes forward and you have awareness of how to handle it or approach it differently, do it. And if not, give it back up to God and say, here it is again, Lord. Thank you. Always do it in gratitude. Gratitude is such a wonderful key to the heart of loving. Gratitude will open up everything back to its original nature. And that I know. If you will just move into gratitude with your fear, with your judgments, with your unworthiness, and be grateful for them, they just open and say, oh, well, here's who I really am. Because gratitude does that so gently. So if you offer these things up to God in gratitude and thankfulness for them being in your life, these things will just reveal themselves to you and you will understand what gifts they are, what learning there is in them, 
and that you, the creator of them, created them so that you could truly learn about the power of creativity that is in the soul, that is the expression of loving. And that's the truth of it all. And it is so, so, so simple. Find the way to simplify your life. Find the way to simplify this path. It is so, so simple. These are the things that the masters of inner light taught me so, so long ago. These five teachers are the lords of the realms that we are walking through. One by one, we come to the Lord of each realm and move through that Lord in loving to the next realm. And in that action, we merge with the greater action of our soul moving forward. Just as in the physical form, in our meditation, we first are collecting all that is of the soul essence back to the seat of the soul, lifting all that has been locked and stored and trapped in the mind and the sensual nature and the physical body and drawing it back up and freeing it from those levels, we are then ever moving through the outer realms from the inner to the outer, walking those outer realms and drawing all that is of the soul essence that we have freely stored in all those different realms with our creative imagination, with our emotions misplaced and misunderstood and misexpressed, and with our mind and all that it does, and how we have placed through our action of creativity sparks of our own soul and all these mis-expressed actions of loving in order to understand how to truly express loving in the most creative, divine way. So all we're doing now on this journey is something very simple. We're just reclaiming everything that we have scattered, that we have scattered of ourselves throughout all of this creation, trying to figure it out, trying to understand it, trying to know more, trying to experience more, trying to get, to have, to be, to do. All we're doing now is we're moving back into that simplicity that we are, loving, and we are going to reclaim all that has our soul essence attached to it. We are just going to reclaim that soul essence back to our true nature of soul and let all those creations dissolve, be gone, be done. They are no more. And we are then free. So make this life simple. Make this journey simple. Live this action of loving simply, for loving is simple. If you put God first and you love God first and anything and all things that stand in the way of you and the Lord, your thoughts, your feelings, your body, whatever, offer it up to God. Give it to God with gratitude. You will find your life to be different. Now, that ache in your elbow may not go away. 
but that ache in the elbow may speak to you and share with you something that you have stored up there as a lesson to be learned. But it may say to you, but I'm here for your rest of your life because I'm going to be reminding you and teaching you and sharing with you more and more about what this is that you have stored here. And you may find that one day it just lifts. It's gone. It's complete. And there is no more ache in your elbow. That means then that the energy has been complete. It's dissolved. That which is stored up energy, misdefined expression of loving, misplaced soul spark divine light of you, has now been reclaimed and you are moving forward in a wholer state of consciousness than you were before. The key is, is to place no judgment on anything at this level. No judgment. No judgment on yourself, on your process, upon this world, about why am I here again? Rather, it's to be ever grateful for this opportunity. For this is an opportunity. If you are walking the path of loving, if you are walking the path of sound and light, if you are walking as an initiate towards the heart of God, this is a wonderful opportunity that not every soul in this creation is ready for. If you look around the world today, there are a lot of people creating a lot more karma than they are clearing up in their lives. You have chosen in this lifetime and in others prior to this one to start taking responsibility for your own life. You have started taking responsibility for your actions and your reactions, for your thoughts and your feelings. And by doing that, you have cleared enough karma that you are beginning to feel the pull of your own soul saying, okay, okay, we're so close to being free here. Let's go home. Don't go back down there and create more. Don't go down there and get involved. Let's go home. Let's go home. That's what has drawn you to initiation. That is what's drawing you to sit down and go inside in meditation every day. And that is what will bring you home to God, that will wake you up into the knowing of it. I love saying this over and over. One day you're going to wake up and you're going to know you never left the heart of God. And I know that. I know that because I know that. I live that. And I see you living that now. That's how God holds the vision of you as a soul awake, fully awake, with all the knowing of the experience of this journey, fulfilled and fulfilling its expression now in the realms of spirit, manifesting and going on as a true creative spark of God in the realms of spirit, manifesting joyfully, lovingly, in God, with God, through God, and all of the other creations that exist throughout all universes, 
manifesting, demonstrating, living, being, so that all souls that witness that which you are step up and begin to live that for themselves, to be that which they are. And it's already happening. That's the most remarkable thing as we sit here in this room in this little world thinking that we're so far away from God that God's way, 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 way up there at the top of that page. <laughs> and you're way, way down here in one of the little threads of the carpet. You're not. That's just a belief system. And I'm here to dispel that, dis that belief and to wake you up into the knowing of what's true. Believe only the loving. Believe only in God because that's the only thing that exists here. There is nothing else. And yes, if there's somebody sitting in front of you on the road going slow or weaving back and forth or pulling in and out of lanes, that's God too. So love it. Honor it. I went to a car wash today and I had four lanes I could pull into and I saw three cars at one, two cars at another, three cars at another and the one car that was just being worked on, I thought, well, there's the solution. I'll pull into the one and I'll be the next in line. I pull in and they are taking their sweet time with this car. And another car pulls up behind me and all of a sudden we see one car pull in, you know, take out and another car pull up and the lines next to us are getting shorter and shorter and more people are pulling in and finally the car behind me pulls out and there's this little part of me that's starting to get a little frustrated and angry <laughs> and I'm kind of stirring up inside and then I went, what am I doing? Why am I allowing myself to get caught up in the movement of this world? And I put my loving into that car and I put my loving into the people that were working on the car. And it was, it was quite amazing because as soon as I thought, I, I now share my loving with those that are working on this car and I lift all of this up to you, Lord. It's all up to you. All three people that were vacuuming in this car, two up front and one in the back because it was this big excursion, all stopped and turned and looked at me and then they got busier and they started really working and they closed up the doors and they closed up the doors and they started washing the windows real quick and they pulled on out. And I went, Lord, I'm going to remember this. Next time I'm going to put you first even there. <laughs> I'm not going to sit and live in the frustration of it first and then end up putting it up to you and finding the movement of you in that. So I, I live it daily. I live it all the time. I do it in everything. I don't let God be forgotten very long in my life. I can't because if I do, I hurt. I do not like that separation from Him. I don't like the pain that separation creates. And I hurt when I see this world living so much in separation. When I see a soul believing in unworthiness, believing in separation, believing that they are never going to get to God. It hurts. It's hurt me since I was a child and it hurts even today. 
But I offer that all up to God because I know it's not true. I know that you and God are one. I know whatever that is where I see hurt and pain and separation, that that's only a part of this illusion. It's not true. It's not real. And all I have to do is remind myself of the truth, remember myself back into that flow of truth, and even offer the pain of separation up that I'm feeling to God and say, and this is yours, Lord. And God goes, yeah, thanks. (laughs) Not really. He loves it all. (laughs) Because I offer it loving. And you do too. Even if you don't know it, you're offering it to loving. That's what prayer does do. True prayer. If we are praying and we are offering our problems or other people's problems up to God, we are now participating in the movement of loving. We are now beginning to move the current. We are stirring the waters within our own soul. And the current, the action, begins to stir and move. And loving becomes alive and expressed and shared once again. So prayer is fundamental in its way of moving that loving into action so that we can begin to live in that. But prayer isn't the ultimate way by which we get home to God. Prayer is an action of concentration and contemplation. And it will bring us into a certain level of experience, a certain level of gratitude and fulfillment and loving. But it's short-lived. It doesn't give us the foundation by which we can live our lives fully with every step living the loving, with every breath being the loving, with every action doing the loving. It is with meditation that we go inside and merge into the truth of who we are. We merge into our own soul. We merge into that divine river of loving. We flow on that river of loving into the very heart of God. And it's inside, in that inner action, in that inner kingdom, that we find that action to take place. Prayer is still an outer action. The body, the imagination, the emotion, the mind is still engaged and is still participating in that action called willfulness. But it is a good action because it does offer us the opportunity to begin to share our loving with God, begin to move that maybe stagnant water and begin to create a current by which the water can begin to flow and move and have expression once again. So prayer is very fundamental in the beginnings of that action. But meditation and chanting the name of God and waking up inside is beyond that. So, for me, my prayer is in every moment just offering whatever stands between me and the Lord up to God. That's my prayer action. Okay, this is yours, God. And my other part of my prayer action is offering up whatever stands between you and God because that's what I am to do as a spiritual teacher. 
standing right there beside you inside, not outside, I can't be with everybody outside all the time, but inside, in the expression of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is ever present with you. And the Holy Spirit is ever offering everything up to God. But you'd be surprised what happens when this teacher offers up your problems to God. There's this amazing thing that happens. The mind reaches up and goes, no, no, I'll handle that. (laughs) The emotions go, but I don't know how to live without those. The imagination goes, but but I'm, I'm almost finished. What are you taking that away from me? I, I'm so close. So the key is let it all go. Let it all go. Participate with the spiritual teachers. Participate with the Holy Spirit. Participate in the Holy Spirit giving it all up to God and just do it too. Do it with that loving action that God is ever present with you in doing. God is ever offering up the soul to God that it can return home. But until it can look up inside here and see that way home, it is ever going to anchor itself and believe itself and involve itself here in this world because of that downward and outward action. That's what meditation is so precious in doing. It allows the soul to journey back here to the seat of the soul and now have the opportunity to now begin to look upward. And then we can participate with God's grace as it is ever offering everything that is of us up to God. All of our problems, all of our challenges, all of our beliefs, all of that which seems to separate us from God. And as we participate in that, we just begin to lift ourselves, elevate ourselves, elevate ourselves, back up into the very heart of God. It's very interesting. I love this idea of the elevator. When I was a child, first time I saw it, I was six years old. One of the spiritual teachers of the Masters of Inner Light came to me, and he took me and he says, oh, we're going to go on a great new adventure. And I was so excited. I had no idea what we were going to do. And we went walking through this hallway and, came to this door and so I was expecting on the other side of the door when it opened that oh boy the great adventure and we stood there and stood there for the longest time and he was talking to me about something which I don't remember now but all of a sudden the doors open like an elevator and it was an elevator and I'm going in myself I'm going this isn't a great adventure this is an elevator and he goes yeah it's an elevator he heard me Inside, he goes, yeah, it's an elevator. And it's going to take us so high, it's going to be a lot of fun. And I went, I do this whenever I go to the doctor. That was the only time we ever got in an elevator when we went to the doctor and we went up to the whatever floor it was. And so I wasn't very excited at first. But we got in and we started going up and up and up. And then I realized we weren't going up in a building. We were going up through the realms. And... We started going up through the astral realm, and he stopped. But the door didn't open, but we could look out this this windows all around. And he was pointing out things to me about this level, and we'd go up to the next level, and he'd point out things to me on this level. 
And then we went up to this level that was the heaven worlds. That was the first time I went into the heaven worlds in the astral region. And we walked out. And he began to, to show me around. And then we got back in the elevator. And we went up a little bit higher. And then he took me on back down and we came out. And I said, so what is so special about this elevator? And he said, you don't get it? This is your means by which you can travel all the way up, all the way up into the realms of soul, all the way up. This is where you come now. And I said, but where am I? And he said, you're inside. You're in your heart, meaning here at the spiritual heart. He said, this is where the door is. This is where the door to your elevator is. Come here, wait for the door to open, get in and go wherever it will take you. And I or one of us will be present to take and guide and walk with you wherever it takes you. And so that was the beginning of my elevator experience. They called it the uh, interdimensional transport system. They didn't call it an elevator. <laughs> and I loved taking it. And then one day, I don't know, I was thinking I was in my, oh, probably maybe 11, 10, 11, 12 years old, somewhere in there. All of a sudden one day, uh, one of the teachers said, do you know what else this can do? And I go, well, I know it goes up and down. I know I can go to all these different realms. I can go to all these different levels, and I can see all these different teachers, and I can go to all these different schools. Because this is how they took me to all these different universities and schools, was on this elevator. He says, oh, no, but there's something else you can do here. And I said, what? And he said, we don't have to just go up and down. We can also take this elevator and move elsewhere and go out and experience over here and then come back and go over here and come back. And I said, really? And he said, oh, yeah. And he said, go down and read. I love this. Go down and read. In the Bible, the book of Ezekiel. And it talks about the chariot. This is also the chariot. And you can fly throughout all the realms and all the regions of the realms and have experience in them, in this fiery chariot. And I went, really? That's what this is? Because I had heard about it in Sunday school, but I had no idea what they were talking about. But now I was living it, and now I had it. And he started teaching me how to, to get it to move the direction I wanted to go or to allow myself just to move with it now in the other directions that it wanted to take me into experience. Well, we do it both that way. I'm often standing at the elevator door waiting for you. And we've had actually people who've had experiences of that with the elevator. So if you find yourself looking for an elevator, also look for me. I'm very good at controlling the elevator to go up and down and get you to the floor you're supposed to be on. But we also do another thing, and that is we teach people to fly. And Brian's the one who teaches people to fly on the inner levels. He loves to fly. He doesn't like the elevator. <laughs> too slow. I don't like to be contained in any way. <laughs> too slow, too. <laughs> so he'll fly down and he'll show you how to fly. He'll offer you the opportunity and sometimes he'll take your hand or he'll ask you to hold on and he'll take you up and begin to give you the inner experience of flying. So allow yourself that opportunity if you have the feeling of it, the knowing of it, or you begin to see that happening. 
Trust it. Believe it. And go with the motion. Go with the action. Go. Because that will be the beginning to get a greater part of your journey home to God. And it's wonderful. And it's so funny to watch people not trusting at first when Brian's beginning to take them on this wondrous <laughs> flight. But they do learn very quickly how to fly. And I'll share something very quickly just to end. When we first started moving towards initiation, and we hadn't even announced it yet publicly, we were just talking about it and Spirit was guiding us as to how to step forward in doing this. A very good friend of mine from San Antonio years and years ago called me up and said, oh, I've had the most wonderful experience inside. And you were, you had a flying school, but only the top 10% of pilots training could come to your school. Only the top 10%, not everybody that wanted to fly could come. Only the top 10%. And Brian and you were teaching people to fly, but it was mostly Brian that seemed to be the pilot and teaching people really how to fly. Well, he described it so well as to what we were doing as he described this whole experience of initiation, of soul travel, and of getting home. You have to be your own pilot. We are here to just train you, to assist you in how to be that pilot so that you can fly home. To God. But sometimes we'll take you on a little ride so you know what it's like. And sometimes he'll take you on loop to loops and <laughs> coming down and going up the roller coaster flight, whatever. But it's all fun. It's all working towards your betterment. All right. So that's nine o'clock and the end of a Tuesday night. Again, next week it'll be Bill doing the uh, class here while we're up in Fort Wayne, doing some initiations and some classes. And then we'll be back on Friday of next week. And our first Sunday class will be next, uh, the Sunday, Easter Sunday, April 16th, from 10.30 to 12.30. And then from then on, we'll be meeting on Sundays rather than Tuesdays. And that'll be for a three-month experiment to see how this works for everybody, and then we'll reevaluate it from there and see if times need to be different or if days uh, need to, if we need to go back into an evening somewhere. Okay? So good journeys to us and good journeys to you inwardly and outwardly, and probably see you in your dreams and in your meditation before we see you again physically. Ha, ha, ha.